Good morning, Goshen College. Let's try that again. Good morning, Goshen College. That's good right there. For those that don't know me, my name is Lawrence Guyton. I am part of the staff here at Goshen College. I currently work in the admissions office as the admissions counselor for the adult degree and grad programs, and I'm glad to be here. Welcome to our Friday morning Black History Month convocation. The theme for today is Speak On It, Perspectives of Blackness. First and foremost, we welcome you this morning to our president, Becky Stolzfus, all of our vice presidents and their respective places, all of our faculty, staff, and most of all, to our students. Thank you for coming out to be with us this morning. Convocation, in a sense, is the act of calling people together for a large formal assembly as we have this morning. As we gather this morning, I invite you to come to learn and receive from various voices as we speak on perspectives of blackness. I also encourage you this morning that after each speaker shares, I invite you to clap. And they gave me permission to say that this morning. Amen. So I invite you to clap on this morning as they speak, not so much for them, but clap because you agree and receive the message that is being given. So let's try that out real quick. That's all. Right. I think we're ready today. Are we ready? All right. I will be speaking on perspectives of blackness in the sense of celebration and awareness. We all have a different voice that we're going to bring this morning. My perspective as a black male is I believe in celebration and awareness for Black History Month. This is a time to remember how far we have come as a people from slavery to Jim Crow all the way to today. The old songwriter wrote, we have come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. God has brought us through. Once upon a time, it was against the law for us to read, to write, and do so many things that we're doing today. And today we are educators, preachers, doctors, lawyers, and so many other things. We have truly come this far by faith. That's the celebration that we have this morning. Now, while we are on this journey, let us not fall asleep and recognize that we still have discrimination and racial injustice happening in our country. Can someone say amen to that? While on this journey, we have faced challenges along the way. And we continue to face these challenges. Mass incarceration voting restrictions, challenges in the education system, restrictions in being admitted to college, etc. Here's a big one. The summer of 2020, the world was awakened to countless black men and women who were gunned down in the streets of our communities. So as we are here to celebrate, we also are here to be awakened and to be aware of the current challenges. Can someone say amen? amen? But we don't rest on 
the reality of the downside. I come from that tradition where I recognize there is still hope. Even in this awareness moment, the psalmist writer wrote that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30 and 5. I'm also a preacher of the gospel, so every now and then I get excited, and when I get excited, I get reduced to tears, so I'm going to try to keep myself together this morning. Is that all right? <clears throat> we shall overcome someday is one of the songs that they sung during the Civil Rights Movement, and that's what kept them going during the times of hardship. These things are what, what, are what keeps me going along my daily walk with God. I say to my white brothers and sisters and any other cultures represented today, recognize your black brothers and sisters and let them know your life matters. Let them know that I need you to survive. In the words of the late Dr. Martin King Jr., we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters or we will perish together as fools. I close this message encouraging my brothers and sisters in the black community. You are somebody. Despite the discrimination and injustice you may face, you are somebody. Keep walking, keep talking, keep living. Even if others don't accept or affirm you, know that God has is because know that you have been affirmed by God because you are his child. Thank you all for your time. And as we introduce Brother Christian on the monitor, let's put our hands together. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So while we're getting that video going, it is a slide I wanted to share. First of all, I'm Dr. LaKendra Hardware. I'm the director of DEI and also the advisor for BSU. And so when we rescheduled our convo, our speaker who's speaking next was scheduled to be out of town but wanted to still share. And so we have a video with him sharing and he is a member of our staff this year, part of our international volunteer exchange program. And so we'll hear from Christian next and then we'll hear from Ms. Nakaya. In 1997, a 3.67 million year old human skeleton was discovered in South Africa and named Little Food. In 2001, Tomai, about 7 million years old, was discovered in Chad and therefore is the oldest human skeleton in the world. As a citizen of the Republic of Chad, where the oldest skeleton was discovered, I am therefore your uncle your brother, your cousin, or maybe your little grandpa. <laughs> My duty is to convey to you the community value of togetherness and of the humankind culture. We all come from Africa and we were all black, said the anthropologist and the geneticist Evelyn Heyer at the exhibition of the skin, which was held in Paris last year 2021. African population in general are still strongly attached to the traditional community life where they remind themselves of who they are, their identity, and how they should live in society. We celebrate Thanksgiving 
stay almost all year round. We often meet as a family around the table just to hear from one another, get to know ourselves better, and keep the good relationship. 200 years ago, no one talks about bookstore or library in Chad. So what do families and communities do? They often meet around the fire with the elders. And there, they learn about community life and the African values. Nowadays, it is true that this practice has taken a big hit with colonialization, colonialism, and globalization. Nevertheless, the values of living together, preservation of the environment, and the love of one another are always transmitted from generation to generation. The well-known African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I grew up with this knowledge I received from my parents and my community. We need each other to live. We need friends and loved ones to rejoice and have a good time. You cannot denigrate your friend because of his skin color. You cannot belittle your friend because he has a big nose or a large ears like mine. <laughs> you cannot kill a friend because he did not agree with you on a given point of view. On the contrary, we love our friends. We assist our friends and we refer to certain friendships to worth more than blood relations simply because friendship is sacred. Well, today I remind some of us while teaching others that we are not friends, we are brothers. I am a brother to you with dark skin. I am a brother to you with different complexion, skin tone, and only when we acknowledge these facts, we will openly accept one another and live in perfect harmony. There is a lot to fight against. We must be united. Couple of times I met with black folks here at Goshen College. I told them about Black Student Union. Unfortunately, I don't see them in our meetings. Well, don't quote me wrong on this. We attend many activities and we study hard to be good students. But listen, let us make this gathering a priority whenever we have the time and the availability. Let's come and learn from these faculty members who avail themselves for us. Let us come and learn from Dr. Regina Shanz, Dr. Lakendra, etc. BSU is not just for black community or black folks at Goshen College. It is home for everyone. Come, let us take you back to motherland Africa. Come, let us drink four o'clock tea together. Come, let us pray together. We need one another. If you can remember this, remember this. We need one another. We cannot live without one another until we leave this planet and live alone six feet underground. God bless you all and God bless the united humankind. Thank you. Hello, my name's Nakai Kilpatrick, a BSU leader. 
And today, I was asked to give you the black perspective. And thinking about that, what was the best way to do it to where you could see through my shoes? <clears throat> Me and Dr. LaKendra were talking and came up with the idea, uh, based off the show, The Red Table Talk on Facebook with Jada Pickett-Smith, where they bring people together, they talk about deep issues and breaking generational curses. So today, Dr. LaKendra and I will have a conversation um, with me being open and giving you a perspective through my eyes, what I experience. So, Dr. LaKendra. talking about this, we're asking you to give us your perspective, right? This is your story. This is you telling us how it is to be Nakaya in black girl skin, right? Walking around in the world. So as we were prepping, you mentioned three really powerful ways that shape how your perspective as a black woman has formed. You said, first, I had to learn that I was enough my own version of blackness is correct. And it was, a, it was seeing people that look like me. Can you share more with us on how you came to understand your blackness and finding yourself? So I, when you think about black culture, I didn't really get that experience. I was in a military family and I grew up in a predominantly white area. So I was very exposed to white culture, no black culture. I was the only black person in my classroom from pre-K up to high school. So wait, wait, say that again. Like pre-K up to high school, I was typically the only black person, maybe a few Hispanics, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Um, I just didn't want y'all to miss that. That's significant. From pre-K to high school, being the only person that looks like you year after year after year, not seeing your culture. Sorry, I'm interrupting her, and we got, we got some notes, but I just needed to make sure y'all are paying attention and capturing the impact of what she's saying. So my father he grew up in the streets, like the typical black person you would think, and he did his best to keep me away from that, so I couldn't listen to hip hop, I didn't know who Lil Wayne and Chris Brown was. I knew who, like the name, but I'd never heard their music. I was a Disney kid. I could tell you all about Hannah Montana and all like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, that was me. So when I finally was introduced to black culture, which was in high school, went to my first predominantly black school, I was rejected because I had no connection to what the black culture was in. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents kind of felt bad about it, but they don't apologize for protecting me from that stuff. But now I had a big identity crisis because I'm too white for black culture and I'm too black for white culture. Pay attention. Go ahead. So <laughs> I had to find out what that meant. Um, and it's going to get into these other notes. Okay. But. Okay. So when you thought about your role as what it means to be the black white girl, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, beauty standards were something that, that you also highlighted, and then what it means to accept really your own identity and understand what black means to you. 
Yeah, so I was labeled the black girl, or the white girl in the black girl's body because I talked really white. My aunt would be like, where's your ebonics? Which is basically like a black dialect, I guess. Or they was like, you're talking too white. So I never understood what that correlation was when was being proper associated with whiteness or educated. Um, and then for a long time, I took it as a compliment, like, oh, I am an Oreo, I'm good enough, I'm being accepted. And the truth was, no, I was letting other people define me instead of defining myself. So I had to find out what it meant to be black in the first place. Because why wasn't skin color enough? Why did it have to be your personality? Thank you. So what would you identify as five key areas or themes that shape how you understand uh, what it means to be black for you? Five key themes or five areas. I said my hair, my skin, our history, our strength, and our community. Mm -hmm. So I just want to highlight this. When we, talked, when we were talking, I had many Anna Marie is our interpreter. She's probably like, Dr. LaKendra, this is not on the paper. But I wanna, I wanna capture this. There were many preach moments for me when she talked because they resonated with me and I believe they resonate with so much of what it means to be black in 2022. Um, so she started off and she said, I, she, off the top, these were the five answers that she came up with. My skin tone, my hair, my history, our strength, and community. And she gave them in that order, right? What it means to walk around in my skin, to have my hair, to have my, our history or my history, the strength of us as a people, and then what it means to connect in community to people that look like you, but also people that don't look like you. So how are you taking up space and owning your own voice? Uh, just accepting my own version of blackness is enough and not letting people define that for me. Um, even with my major, uh, my ASL interpreter, the only black person in my class again, which was fine. Um, my life prepared me for that situation, right? Um, just making sure my voice is heard and that I'm being represented properly. That's how I'm doing that. Because um, I'm also a transfer student so my old school wasn't really black friendly. They get um, gate kept me from a lot of opportunities and were basically setting me up for failure. So I came here to GC and they, my programs really made sure my voice was heard and they're even working with me to set up a, a black interpreters panel just so we can share what it's like in our experience in a, in a, a job field that doesn't really have a lot of us, that they need us. So how do you take that beyond Goshen? You talked, about, you talked about before Goshen, you talked about being at Goshen. How do you take that notion of owning your voice and taking up space as you're right when you leave Goshen, when you go out from Goshen, whether it's at work or even just beyond once you've graduated? How do you take up space and own your voice as a black woman? I continue being an example, like me being a black interpreter, letting people see that what I can do, they can do too and showing that we don't, we're not all the same and that it's okay to be on a spectrum of blackness. So. Thank you. So what do you want us all, those that are here, those that are uh, watching us by, by live stream, those that 
look at this later. What do you want us to take away about your perspective? And I say that intentionally, your perspective of blackness and being in 2022. With the black, those two things. With the black community, I want them to be more accepting of the different levels of blackness and understanding like we don't have to isolate each other in our own boxes because we're already divided because of things like colorism and stuff like that. I actually face that in my family. Like, because if you go up the generational line, we're mixed. So if you weren't skinny, light skin, long hair, thin, you're criticized. So just like, I wanna stop division within our own people. Mm -hmm. So I need us to stick together, but being better on that. And then for everyone else, let's eliminate ignorance. It takes two seconds to look up something or ask somebody something you don't know. Mm-hmm. Very key, very key. When, you, when you, we were talking, you said, I was teased, I wasn't complimented, right? So things were taken as a joke, right? So even if it's coming from your community. Mm-hmm. I share this to say, pay attention to your words, what you say, what you think, what you project on someone. Um, ask, get to know people as people. Um, thank you. Let's give Nakaya a, a hand clap of celebration. So we go to the next slide. I just wanted to give us a closing perspective. Being black is an experience unique to each person, but there are some commonalities. One of the things that we at Goshen College are looking at is how we gather as the black community. I believe and have some theories. Were I working on yet another degree, I would probably study this because it is frustrating, but it is also a passion. I believe that because of some of the things that happen and what people say to us, whether we're that student that's in pre-K as the only student that then comes to Goshen College and we're the only one in our program or the only one in our department, people say things and it impacts us. So often we have to choose. Do I flock to a community that looks like me because I need to be with people sometimes that look like me? Or is that seen as betraying my friend circle, right? If I go to the BSU meeting, what is my team gonna say? What are my friends that are white, Latinx, Hispanic, Asian? What are my friends gonna say that I take this time away to connect? And so I really give this as an opportunity for you to support yourselves and your friends and to tell people to be where they need to be. To be where they need to be, you don't have to tell them that, literally. Someone may walk up to you and then they come to me and say, Dr. LaKendra, why'd you tell someone to tell me that? But what I'm saying is allow people to celebrate the fullness of who they are and be okay with knowing that sometimes that doesn't include spaces that have you in it if you are not that identity type, but also celebrate and affirm. We have a group of black faculty and staff that gathers and so Brother Lawrence and Brother Christian are part of that. We started because we were in a conversation in 2018 in the fall of 2018, talking to two of our colleagues that were a few years out of undergrad. And we were just talking as black folks at Goshen College. And I said, would this be helpful? Would this be something that we could do? Like, and they said, yes. 
So I reached out to some other black faculty and staff on campus, and we made it a mission to come together, not as a way to segregate ourselves, but as a way to say, I see you, and I hear you, and I'm with you, and it's good to be in a room sometime and just see myself. So this is our perspectives on blackness, and we've spoken on it. But the speaking goes on every day that we walk on campus and in the world. I love what she said. Take the moment to educate yourselves. See people as people. Celebrate what it means to be uniquely who we are. And so we give a hand clap of appreciation to Nakaya, who is our only BSU leader this semester. Let's, let's give her some, some props. I, I gave her a heads up, I was coming to her. And Jakaira, Jakaira, stand up for me, please, sweetie. Come on. Jakaira Green transferred in last fall. She's like, Dr. LeKendra, I wasn't on the program. But I want you to hear this, and this is really important to me. Jakaira reached out to us, we were in COVID, we were virtual, she wanted to get involved with BSU. We hadn't replied back to the email because we were in COVID, <laughs> it was virtual, and everybody was getting weary with just trying to keep things going. But Jakara said, hey, I wanna stand in the gap and be present. And so when we didn't have leaders in place, she was a student who was interested that said, let's gather for conversation. She stood in the gap as the only leader as we started our semester. And then Nakaya joined her in October. But we are still looking for students to join us. We are looking for the students who need to have that community. And so I wanna put this out as an invitation, as a call to join us. We no longer meet weekly because folks ain't coming. I mean, um, people weren't there. And we were wearing out our leaders with planning for events that the same handful of friends that came to support them came to. We had 25, 25, 30 folks at our first meeting. A lot were athletes. And we know that as the school year gets going, we lose folks. But these are, this is a really important space. We talk about student satisfaction and they're gonna ask me a question. What do our black students saying and thinking? We gonna ask you, I don't know. So I'm saying, to, I'm saying this to say, next slide please. We have monthly programming coming up. You got it, you're right. No, monthly program coming up, we want you to check the communicator or email BSU for details. Nakaya is planning uh, these things and if you are interested in planning with us, please join us. Uh, we're collaborating with uh, Black Faculty Staff Fellowship in February, in March, there's an interpreter panel and I'll let her say a little bit more about that. She'll give you the date but it'll be publicized. And then in April, we're gonna do an Easter event and study break. So we had to change how we're gathering as community and we're gonna do it this way and continue to be present. We're not giving up. We're gonna still raise the, the call to join us and, and invite folks to the table, so to speak. Um, Jakaira, I mean, Nakaya, see? Nakaya, tell us about the March event. Say a little bit more about that. So in the ASL world, there's not a lot of black interpreters and there's not a lot of information for black interpreting students on like what we can wear, what colors work best for us, our facial expressions. Apparently, 
black, there's black ASL, that's too much for some people. So, and then there's discrimination you're facing in 